Okay. It happens here, and it finishes here. Two men enter, one man leaves. Merely a two-word review just a shit sandwich. I will roll the record up to the last minute. That right there is a lot of Welcome back, fellow music lovers. You are now tuned in to yet another exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I am your host, Kevin, coming to you live-ish from a tiny shack in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, as usual. We are so happy to have you here to uh, sort of sit in on this conversation. Kim Ware, she heads up the Good Graces. They are a sort of songwriting collective out of Atlanta, Georgia. She is sort of the engine of of the vehicle there and a lot of her work in a rotating cast of characters playing on her songs and joining her in a live setting. She has a new album out or that's coming out on Friday called Pros and Consciousness. Uh, it is, like all of her stuff, excellent. Uh, this one is a little more poignant for reasons you're going to hear us talk about pretty quickly. And uh, sees her stretching out a little bit and, and sees her honing her songwriting chops. And it is one of my favorite uh, releases of this year. So, you know, I've known Kim, or she's been a friend of the podcast for a little while. So there was no way we weren't having her on. So that is what we're going to be doing. So if that strikes your fancy, then uh, stay tuned in. Before we get to that, though, I want to talk to you about Osiris Media, OsirisPod.com. If you go to OsirisPod.com, you're going to find a whole bunch of shows, a whole bunch of videos, a whole bunch of news about nothing but music. They are your go-to source for all things music these days. We are happy to be a partner with them, as along with our sister podcast, Dead to Me. And uh, this, this network and affiliation of music lovers is just growing, growing, growing. They're adding a bunch of fun shows in the fall. If you were at Fish's Big Cypress, they've got a show for you about that. Uh, they're a little jam band heavy, but that's okay because so are you, deep in your heart. Uh, and uh, and they're just they're just killing it. And we are it's been a, it's been a ride working with them this season, and uh, it's 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 going great is what I'm saying. And and I, uh, every day I pop up that website, I see something new that I love, and then I uh, keep going back. So you should too. Also, they're partnered with Jambase.com. So if your thing is just specifically jam bands, you're gonna go there and find all the tour dates, all the show reviews, all the news, everything, every single thing about any jam band on the planet is there at Jambase.com. So visit Osara. Pod.com and jambase.com and uh, and keep music in your life in your head and speaking of which uh, we're going to go talk to Kim right now we're going to kick things off with a, a track this is one of my favorites from her new album Pros and Consciousness this is His Name Was the Color That I Loved here comes Kim Wayne
you have, and you haven't been back in a while. Um, and I was reading about your new LP, which, uh, which by the way, kudos to your uh, PR person. Oh, yeah. She, I have She's so great. many emails for oh, her. Oh, gosh. And I'm, and I'm like, I know Kim. And he's, she's like, yeah, she, can I follow up? I'm like, no, I got it. I got it. I mean, I got one today. I was like talking to Kim in about three hours. Oh, man. We're good. Don't no yeah. worry about it. She, she's great. But, um, yeah. you know, since the last time we talked about Lori McKenna, I, I don't know that we've actually talked about your stuff. And in some of the releases that were going around, you're talking about, obviously, influences like Lori McKenna. Uh, one that I was really sort of excited to see was Israel Nash. Oh, um, but I, yeah. That, that blew my mind. I don't know if I, I got to talk with him last year and uh, and is is a trip, man. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, that was more of a influence, like just sonically influenced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but at, at one point, I, I think I emailed you and I said, hey, what do you have going on? What new music do you have going on? And you said, I'm going to a songwriter camp oh yeah so is this is this whole album the product of that or oh, no. is this like just a mix of all this different stuff no it's a mix of different stuff i, I went there last year last august it's called song school it's in lyons colorado and i went last year for the first time and then i went again this august so just yeah like a couple months ago um and i think it's had a a pretty big influence on my songwriting, like the very recent stuff. But the album, you know, the album was already in the work, and so it was just really a culmination of songs over like the past couple of years that I've written. It's it's sticking to your. Uh, your sound has been described as kind of nineties. I don't know if I go that far. There there seems to be a little bit more guitar in here, right? Uh, but but there's also. Um, one of the things that I love about this batch of songs is that, you know, like we're about the same age. We're we're not we're we're older than we are younger, <laughs> and um, people forget that you always feel youthful. And I think that's how people really get old is that they forget about that. But there's this like youthful uh, exuberance and like worrying about stuff that you know people think you outgrow worrying about. <laughs> They're like, no, you never outgrow worrying about. Right. The song like there's a song Once and Needs on here. Uh-huh. That just it cracks me up how it, like the sort of the whole conceit is a little bit of like figuring out your day to day but also like why can't I just hang out and have another beer? So wants and needs, for example, and it's pretty typical of my songwriting, it, that came from a very, very specific um, situation. It's really, like, that's kind of one of the more personal songs, even though it's like just kind of rocking and fun, you know, but um, last year or year before last, a couple years ago, yeah, 2017, I was on tour for just a short tour for um, the Set Your Sights album. And it was in September, 
And I had to cut it just a little bit short. I had one more show and I couldn't play it because I had to come home because my dad had been in the hospital with pneumonia and he was getting home from the hospital and I needed to get there to help my mom. And um, we're going really personal really quick. So, <laughs> so um, that morning I had played in Raleigh, North Carolina at a day party at the Hopscotch Festival, which is this amazing music festival in Raleigh. That night, uh, was just a few hours away from Raleigh in my small hometown of Kings Mountain, helping my mom with my dad, and I found myself um, cleaning up his urine off the bathroom floor. And it just really, like, it kind of shook me because just thinking about, like, what I was doing, like, not even eight hours prior to that, and how polar opposite they were. And I was like, I think this is adulting. Like, I think this is what they mean. <laughs> like, just that balancing, like, the things that you want to do versus the things that you need to do. And, I mean, I wanted to be there helping my mom. I really, and I knew that's what I needed to be doing. But it was just, it was, it was just kind of crazy. It was a mind fuck, really. And so I think the next day I wrote that song, just thinking about that, just the vast differences. And as you get older, you're trying to maintain this balance between like these, you know, maybe they're outside interests that are very different from your job or whatever and ba yeah, balance yeah. and all that. So that's, that's where that came from. But it started with that very specific situation. There, there are various times in your life, I think, where you run into various levels of adulting. <laughs> sure. And, and the one with parents, uh, older parents, right. Uh, or sick parents yeah. or even sick cats is, mm -hmm. is, you know, a whole, a whole different level and uh i mean i i think it's like how we deal with stuff like that sort of defines us as, as a person personally because a lot of people just don't you know they, they're like no whatever i i will stay in the bar and drink here <laughs> like fuck that i don't have responsibilities but um and, and i don't even know if that's a function of of necessarily getting older it's more just uh, more integrating into the world around you, I guess. Yeah, you know? it's like how you, you deal with your people. Right, and like how you deal with a crisis. Like you might not want to be in it, but you've got to make this decision to do, you know, what what's right in that moment. How did the song His Name Was the Color That I Loved come about? Yeah, so that actually came from, so I do this song, song school thing, but I'm also part of a, a music group called Theme Music. Um, I'm not as active in it as I used to be. It's a Facebook group. There's like over a thousand members. Oh wow! And his, yeah, it's really cool from all people from all over all over the world. And his name was the color was something I got like kind of assigned to me um, within that group a few years ago as part of a we do like a secret Santa where you assign people songs to cover and you also assign them like fake titles. And that was one of the titles that I got. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh, that needs to be a country song. Um, and I wrote that, and it was kind of a um, composite of a few different individuals. Like, I kind of, like, crowdsourced the story. And when I was putting it together, um, I realized, like, this actually sounds like a person that's a lot like my dad. And so I ended up making the, um, like, the the third verse very, very specific about him. And But really, I mean, the, the whole thing is largely about him. Yeah. Your parents, uh, your mom is is still around, right? Yeah. yeah. And 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 I think you spoke very highly of her when we talked about Lori McKenna. Like <laughs> you guys yeah. listened to that album, but mm -hmm. uh, were your parents 
like musical? Did you come from a musical background or was this just something you started, you picked up? My mom was very musical. She still loves music. Um, she played like she played flute in the band or not flute clarinet. Sorry, she played clarinet in the in the band at school, and she really urged me to be in the band when I was growing up. And she, you know, sang and sang at church and um, had like a pretty good voice and stuff. And she was just she was really into just you know the popular music of her time. My dad, I always found it so like interesting and weird. He never listened to music ever. Like he would travel sometimes for work. He was a farmer and he would go drop off fruit somewhere or pick up apples or something somewhere. And he would drive sometimes for five or six hours and he didn't even turn on the radio or anything. It would always <laughs> seemed so weird to me. Did he do it in secret? <laughs> he just no. didn't want you to know. He just he was really quiet and my mom basically talks pretty much nonstop. <laughs> so I don't sure know. She'll be glad to hear that. No, she'll tell you that. I mean okay. and I don't know if it was a just like that when he was in his truck um traveling, if that was maybe just his kind of Zen time and he just wanted it quiet. But yeah, he he didn't turn on the radio or anything. Maybe he was just absorbing it through just casual like other people playing it. Yeah, I mean he would you know, he would be around sometimes at home when we were listening to music, but I never ever remember him making one comment about a musical artist. I like that just wasn't his thing at all. Besides that song, besides there's some um, some some good ass country <laughs> loss <laughs> in here. Uh, there's also a lot of anxiety, I think, yeah. uh, picking up on this album. Is that is that your personal anxiety, or is that just the times? Because we're all feeling it. But like I listen to a lot of these songs, and I'm just like, oh wow, I'm I'm a little itchy now, <laughs> in a good mm. way. Yeah, I mean it's it's both. I think. It's me, and it's um, it's something that I kind of dealt with my whole life, but I don't think I even realized it and acknowledged it until just a couple years ago. Um, and it it definitely, I think it's been affected um, by like yeah, everything going on around us too. There's something about the way you deliver lines that is, uh, it sounds completely like oh, this is some old school like country star, but then it's like very street level. Like twang in your voice, yeah. like the way you say beer and wants and needs, or a line. Well, this is one of my favorite lines I think you've ever uh, written. Is like, I quit drinking just to show you that I could. I quit drinking just to show you that I could. Just to prove that my intentions are good. If you'd stop smoking, you could get rid of that car. I'm just hoping that you'll give it a little thought. I dropped your name on the sidewalk, but nobody heard it. I've got no shame. Tell me what I Dropped Your Name is about, please, because I've listened to it and I love so many lines in this song, but I just, I cannot, like, I'm like, what is this? Yeah, so that's actually one of the, um, 
less specific ones. Um, I was at a show at Eddie's Attic in Decatur, a, a like very esteemed venue for singer songwriters, and it was a few years ago. And it was just, it was a very like name droppy situation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that I think we all, anybody that, anybody that's anybody really, you find yourself in those situations from time to time. And I was just kind of like acknowledging that. And I, I thought it was like a little bit funny because it was just so much of it. Right. And I was thinking about that when I was driving home and I was just thinking about that line, like dropping a name and like, it's just kind of, it's kind of neat. And I was, I just thought, I think I want to write a song that uses that. And I think I came up with the chorus like on the way home and maybe that just those first couple of lines. I don't know. I mean, you ask what it's, it's about, whatever the listener thinks it's about. Okay, okay. <laughs> but, but I mean, to me, really, it's yeah. um, it's about it ended up being about wanting to really impress somebody a lot and really looking up to that person. But also being a little concerned about their health. <laughs> yeah, because um, the flip side of that is yeah. like you should quit smoking, dumbass. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah, and, but it's it's such a it's such a um, it's such an honest and like earned lyric. <laughs> just like yeah, but everybody's like done that shit. Yeah, uh, and it's and, and and again back to the youthful stuff. Like, you know, you don't, um, it, it also, I think for me hinted at like darker stuff, not necessarily new, but in the, in the character in the song, like, like, does this person have a drinking problem? Like, is it, you know, what's going on? How deep is this relationship between these two characters? Um, and I don't think it's ever really resolved except for, like you said, you know, being impressed by somebody and <laughs> being more interested in them. Yeah. And I mean, I had a couple different people in mind when I was writing it, but at the time, like I actually haven't drank in just a couple months at the time. Yeah. That was kind of a lie, <laughs> but I'm there, <laughs> but I'm yeah. very like, I'm, I'm really stubborn. And like, if somebody, I was imagining myself, I'm like, if somebody had told me like, you know, I bet you can't quit drinking, then I would have been like, oh, yeah, I'll, I will just to show you. Like, that's a very much a thing I would do. <laughs> so. Yeah. 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 It's 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 a great um, just super like human moment on this mm. record. And, uh, and and it made me laugh. That's the other thing. I, a lot of <laughs> just, you know, there are these very sweet songs, but some just make make you laugh. They're like, yeah, Good. like and and uh, and uh, it just covers the gamut of emotions. You can laugh, feel awkward, uh, feel sad on, on a lot of them. And then there's some like you take a song like Blood Orange Moonshot, I think. And I'm like, damn, she's been studying Nico Case a good bit. Well, I'm up much later Just to go look at the moon It's big and it's orange and special tonight And I wonder if you're seeing it too I go out in Um I mean she definitely and maybe even more so from my previous record than this one but um cuz I think my last record had a little more of like the reverb and atmospheric stuff and i love that stuff and um so she oh like god there's so much reverb on her vocals and stuff but it's it's really cool um and i've always really i've always really liked her and really liked that part of it and 
and I love like anything that merges that kind of the rootsy Americana with the spacey stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think that's maybe what you're getting at with like the genre yeah. thing that yeah. she's kind of in. And yeah, that's I love. If I could pick any space to be in, I think that's where I would like to be. Yeah, because like she hits on and you, and you hit on it a few times on this record. On it's almost like noirish. Um, and it's it's also it's it's almost like magical realism. Like there's a lot, you know. Uh, you take a line like hers, you know, like that uh, says like you know this tornado loves you. Like what? Oh, yeah. Like how that? Uh, and, and 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 you know you have images like that all over this record and like the Snow Angels song. Just, my thoughts are on the page, but it still feels like we're caged when we disguise who we love. We lie about our rage Old men can't fly But an old man will die And walk right to his grave With all his sadness inside Maybe we will find him in the spring Did anybody see his reckoning? You. That's my friend Wyatt Esplin's song. That's the only song on there that I didn't write. And I, I kind of, I, I mean, I won't, won't say I rewrote it, but I definitely I do it a lot different than he does it. So is he someone who, who is in the good graces or somebody in like the Atlanta scene or just somebody, a random songwriter you got friends with? No, no, he's not in the good graces, nor is he in Atlanta, but he's not far from Atlanta. He lives in North Georgia in the mountains in Hiawassee. And I met him several years ago when I was on tour. We did a show together and we just became fast friends. And he played that song, Snow Angels, for me. It's been several years ago. We were at, he used to live um, at a, a campground that he had inherited from his grandfather. And he was like maintaining the campground and stuff. And yeah, and so he would have get togethers there and it was awesome. And anyway, I was there at one of his little party get togethers and we were hanging out around the campfire. A group of us and he played that song and i remember the the chorus really stood out because like the chord progression of it was really similar to a song i was working on at the time and so i thought oh that sounds like something that i might that i might do and i just loved that song and i never heard him play it live ever again and i just a, a couple years later i played he did this birthday show and we all learned some of his songs and that was the one that i chose to cover but i did it i did it the way i did it on the recording whereas his version is a lot it's strumming and a lot more rocking and you know how like my version it gets kind of it gets a little more upbeat at the end whereas his does that the whole time it's like more upbeat the whole time anyway when and i learned it and i did it that way and when i played it at that show people just seemed to really like it and i loved it and i loved playing it so that's why yeah i wanted to include that one do on you, the album, do you are you more of a like a, a DIY recorder, or do you like when you when it comes time to make an album, you're like you're gonna go in, you're gonna put in the money, put in the work, and and get it all done like ultra professionally. Yeah, I did this one more ultra professionally because I wanted to get it done quicker um, compared to my previous ones. And I wanted to just do as much of it as I could in one place. Just kind of, I kind of had to, just because my job was getting like more and more demanding, and it was, it was just hard 
set your sights took a year and a half to make. And I was like, I can't do another album like that right now. So I've progressively gone more towards just the paying more money and just getting somebody to do it. But I love home recording stuff. Like, I love that, too. I don't do as much of that as I used to. But, like, my, in the really early days, I did a lot of that. I yeah. put songs on MySpace and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's benefits to both. I think you uh, there can be an energy to a home recording, even if it's not, even if it doesn't sound, like when I say DIY, I don't mean lo-fi. You can get a, like, a great sounding recording out of your home. Uh, but there there can be an energy to it that is not always, that doesn't always happen in a studio, but at the same time, the studio is such a weird environment. you have any kind of, like, writing ritual? Like, do you, do you grab the cat and be like, sit here, buddy? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. I I mean, when things come to me, which can be really randomly, I just try to get it down. It's usually like a couple lines, or like a vocal melody. Um, and I'll try to just sing it into my phone um, because it might come to me, you know, in the middle of often when I'm driving or, you know, when whenever. And so I'll sing it in my phone so I won't forget it. And then I'll go back later when I have time and I'll work on it. A lot of times I do that. Sometimes I'm just messing around, just kind of playing like, practicing for a show or something and then all this all of a sudden i'll just get an idea and I'll, it's really it's pretty random really yeah but uh, i want people listening to understand the discipline that takes oh i know <laughs> um, and it does it, it, yeah because like i like i've got so much in my phone I remember, um you know phil cook and and he said he was like shows his phone he's like i have like 300 licks in here ready to go that it's like and the difference between like people like him and you or people like me or other people i know is that like you go back to it like that and that is sometimes <laughs> sometimes sometimes but that is that is that is such a uh insanely it takes so much discipline to get to that point and uh i am honestly quite envious of people who can do it <laughs> because there is you know i think that is how people create best there are these weird people who can just sit down and, like crank out a song but the, i think the way most people create is sort of randomly i think it is i think so i mean for me i feel like that's where i get the more real honest stuff yeah if i do it that way yeah yeah, you don't overthink it. You just it, it it comes out and it's done. And it's like, oh, okay. And then move on to the next thing, and then you get a chance to like polish it up later. But generally, like those feelings, you know, sometimes for people, it's when they wake up first thing in the morning. Sometimes when they go to bed. Sometimes, like you said, it's just randomly at a sound check or something, and you come up with this. You mentioned, you know, your job was taking up a lot of time. How do you how do you make it as a musician and also as somebody who has a job? It's it's hard. I mean, it takes it does take a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of saying no. It takes a lot of to the like, job or not, the music. No, to to things like not having as much of a social life as maybe I would yeah. like to mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, for me, what I've found is most helpful is getting up a little earlier in the morning and getting some music stuff done before I even go to work. Because then. They can't take that away from me. Uh, often when I get home after work, I'm kind of too brain dead to, to <laughs> do very much. So I get a lot done in a, like a few minutes in the mornings because if you do that about every day, you'll find that you stack up a lot of time. And then 
a lot of weekends. I spend so much time on music on the weekends. You know, their opponents, like he's brain dead is the best way to put it. He's just it's not yeah. working. And, and nothing's going to make it work. And it's hard to get to that point for anybody, I think, to like, you shouldn't even push through it. Like, you just have to let it go. And it, yeah, and, and, for and sure. And that can be heartbreaking. You're like, I know I got something to say. It's like, no, not, that's not going to happen. Not yeah. going to happen. And and the people that can, like, make an album like you, like, are able to push through that. That's, um, I, I know a lot of people, like, right now that are struggling with uh, the balance of making it in the industry or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And struggling with, like, all I want to do is art. And, or, you know, I can't ever have a real job. I got to do that. And, you know, some of them are getting longer in the tooth than they were. And I don't ever know what to tell them, except like one can feed the other. Specifically my friend, Sean, you know, I'm like, you can work this job that you kind of hate, does political work, but it'll pay Mm -hmm. for two albums. Right. Yes. Like, and so figuring out how to prioritize that, I think, uh, is one of the almost essential talents for, like, being in the industry these days. Yeah, absolutely. And with me, it's, I don't know, it's been really interesting the past few years because as the day job got more and more demanding and I found I had less and less time for music, um, it made me realize how how much more important it was. Yeah. And so it made me like, I was like, okay, if I'm going to keep doing this and trying to do this on a level of like putting out albums every few years and doing little tours when I can and stuff like that, then it's like, it's going to take some sacrifices. I don't think there's any other way around it. Did did the end result feel better? Yeah. Yeah. Because it did feel like it was something that I did have to really work to put together so yeah it makes it feel like more of an achievement because i mean for so long i played music because that's what we did i mean it was kind of a social thing and and it's not that it's not anymore but there was a it did become something more than that for me where it's i just have to do it even if it's just by myself on my porch yeah writing songs I just I feel differently about it, and that that has only really come over the past few years, and so it does make yeah it makes it feel more like more special. I, I, I love that idea though, as music as a social thing, and and like removing instead of being angsty about what you create, like you just you do it, and and understand that it's a part of like who you are and like what you're doing. I understand right. it doesn't pay the bills. Uh, and 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 many times that's essentially a crapshoot, you know, of of how an album is going to hit. Like your album coming out on the fourth, it's on the fourteenth, right? It's on October eleventh. My my release shows November fourteenth. Yeah, your album coming out, it could like sell okay, could not sell anything. Or randomly, it could just be like the biggest album of 2019. Oh. We, we have no way of knowing these things and, and worrying about them. I, I just see it bring a lot of people down and, and get them Totally. Down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, because to me, it's like whichever of those things happen with it, like it's still like it's so personal and like honest yeah. and true to who I am that it's it's almost like, I don't know, it's almost like when you – 
walk into her, like having like a name tag on or what it, to me it's like here's my album like this is me like if yeah. you like me you'll probably like my album if you like my <laughs> album you'll probably like me because they're, they're so like close together regardless of what happens with it it's still like it's my baby and you probably think it's my fault I don't know what keeps me from calling it feels just like a movie watching what you're doing to me I thought you were my brother but I'm not sure you know me Big thanks to Kim for hanging out. Her new album, Pros and Consciousness, is out October 11th. That is this Friday. It is excellent, so I suggest you get it. Put it in your ears however you can, whether it's streaming, whether it's buying it on CD. Whatever you need to do, just do it, man. Get into her music. She's got a great little uh, catalog there, and and love to see her doing well. Love to see you guys out at shows enjoying what she does. So if she's coming to your town, get out there, buy a ticket take the ride uh that is it for this episode of discologist if you like what you heard subscribe to us on itunes you can leave us, leave us a rating or a message there you can also listen to us on google play mixcloud stitcher and spotify coming up in the next oh, week or so we're going to be talking about 111 heavy it's a sort of a jam band type of deal but not really, is it? That's the question me and Jonathan Hart for Breakdown Pod are going to try to answer. We're also going to be talking about Patrick Watson's remarkable new album, Waves. That's coming up pretty soon. Clipping has a new album coming out. If you don't know them, check our Twitter feed, at Chunky Glasses, and you can see some videos posted there from their upcoming album. Uh, and then uh, trying to put together something a little special to finish out Rocktober, but I'll maybe have more details on that a little later. So that's what we're doing. I hope you guys are doing stuff that's equally as fun. Uh, We're going to be back in a few short days. Until then, be good to your ears, but be better to your people. Talk to you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi!